Before we start today's episode, I wish to acknowledge that this podcast has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. I pay my deepest respect to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. I acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region, and consider myself incredibly lucky to live, work, and raise a family on Ghana land. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Truth About Aging podcast. My name is Kate and I am the host and founder of this podcast and we are entering a little mini series that we're doing over the next few weeks called Healthy Habits. Now, Healthy Habits, I thought we'd use to kind of kickstart the year. I say kickstart, I know it's late February, but I'm still creating my plan for this year like it's the 1st of Jan, so you can join me on that journey. But so over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at things like diet and aging, exercise and aging, mindfulness and aging, different things that we know we should be focusing on, we know we should be paying attention to, but looking at how you can do that a little bit more easily within your own lives. So today's episode is all about diet and aging. And I wanted to say right at the top that this is generalized advice. I am not a dietitian, I am not a doctor. I am not a trained medical professional. This is just generalized advice, mainly looking at things like the Australian Dietary Guidelines from the National Health and Medical Research Council. We're looking at Nutrition Australia. We're getting information from the Department of Health, Dietitians Australia. They're all easily accessible information, but I'm trying to bring it all down to in one little bite-sized episode for you to get a bit of an overview about what diet should look like as you're aging. As with anything, if you have specific health needs, the best thing to do is talk to your GP, whether that's diabetes, osteoporosis, just even generally, if you're not sure what's best for you in your lifestyle, have a chat with your doctor. It's the best place to start and they can give you an idea about whether a generalized approach is appropriate for you or if there's more specific health advice that you should be following. So what we're going to start with today Pretty much the general guidelines are focused on the Australian dietary guidelines. And whether you're an older person or you're 16 years old, these are the general guidelines that they recommend all Australians should be following. There's two key parts that I wanted to focus on today. The first one being eat a wide variety of foods from the five food groups. Now, you might be wondering, what are the five food groups? <laughs> and they define the five food groups as vegetables, which includes legumes and beans. So we're talking your leafy greens, eggplants, corn, carrots, kidney beans, chickpeas, lentils, tomatoes, beetroot, you name it, all your vegetables, legumes, beans is category one. Category two is grains. Now, they're looking mostly at whole grains or high-fiber varieties is what's most recommended. 
But so in your grains category, we're talking bread, quinoa, pasta, noodles, crumpets, rice, wheat bix, muesli. All of those things are sitting within your grain category. Thirdly, we have fruits. Pretty straightforward, but we're going to go through it anyway because I love fruits. We've got bananas, pears, apples, mangoes, pineapples, watermelon, strawberries, raspberries, you name it, fruit. Probably the easiest category of all of them. (laughs) Fourth, we have lean meats and poultry. So this is kind of covering anything from chicken, beef, fish, eggs. They also include in here things like tofu, nuts and seeds. So all your different kind of mixed nuts are in there as well. That's all in your fourth category. And lastly, the fifth category is, I guess for better or worse, we're calling it dairy because it does also include milk alternatives, but I'm going to call it the old school dairy. So milk, yogurt, cheese, and or other alternatives. So you might be having soy milk, almond milk. There's a million different types of those out there. But anyway, that is your fifth category. Now they do acknowledge that in there to use in small amounts are things like butters, olive oil, canola spray, those kind of fats are to be used in small amounts. And then there's sometimes and in small amounts foods are things kind of what you'd expect, your high saturated fats, high sugar, high alcohol. So we're looking at cupcakes, burgers, Tim Tams, biscuits, soft drink, beer, red wine, sports drinks, cream. Those kind of things are what they're considering sometimes or in small amounts food. So those ones, look, we're all going to have them sometimes. We need a bowl of ice cream every now and then after dinner. They are acknowledged as sometimes foods. But when we're talking about eating a wide variety of the five food groups, you've pretty much got your veggies, grains, fruits, proteins, and dairy. That's broadly what we're looking at. And I think I just wanted to highlight in there too, they really focus on saying a wide variety. There's a lot of research coming out about the importance of a diverse microbiome. Now, that is more or less to do with your gut and the different variety of foods that you're eating. And they're seeing that the more variety of foods that you eat, the better off your general health and, I guess, body is. It's just showing a lot of positive links to having a wide variety of nutritious foods. So if you find yourself going to peas and carrots and corn every night, your standard steak and three veg, maybe it might be switching it once a week to a salad where you have lettuce and tomato, cucumber and avocado. And if you always have that, it might be maybe one day we're going to have it with some chickpeas and some leafy greens and some capsicum. It's just looking at keeping that diverse because I think you can easily, we can easily fall into the habit of foods that we really like or foods that are easy And I think even if you're just looking at one or two different things to incorporate each week, it helps add to that diversity and add to that variety of foods that you're eating. So that's broadly what we're looking at with the Australian Guide for Healthy Eating. Now included, the second part of that is around drinking plenty of water. It was recommended six to eight cups per day, more in hotter weather or if you're exercising. 
And these six to eight cups of fluid, they do generally include things like mineral water or cups of tea. So it's not strictly just water, whilst the guidelines do highlight that water is the best source of hydration. It can be through other sources as well, but six to eight cups per day, more when it's hot. I don't know many seniors that drink six to eight cups of water a day, my grandma being one of the main culprits. I hope you're listening to this and make an extra cup of tea or go and have a glass of water. But it is so important that even as you age and even as your thirst may decrease, that you actually keep consuming that same amount of water because your body needs it to be able to function. Now, that's the very generalized health advice for all Australians. One of the specific ones for aging Australians is around the importance of protein. Now, protein is essential for building, repairing, and maintaining healthy bones and muscles. And what they're finding a lot of research in is that the stronger our muscles are, the more we keep them conditioned and do things like walking and going to the gym and keeping good muscular health, the more we reduce our risk of falls and broken bones. So including sufficient protein in your diet can be a really important way of doing that. So proteins, foods that are high in protein are things like meats. So your beef, chicken, pork, fish, eggs, all different types of seafood, types of dairy. Now, not in those ones that are in your sometimes categories like cream and butter, more dairy like your cheeses, yogurts, cottage cheese, those kind of foods. Uh, Also in soy products like tofu, beans and pulses. So things like your baked beans, kidney beans, lentils, also nuts and seeds and whole grains are all sources of protein. Now, they suggest that some of the ways to boost protein throughout your day might be at breakfast, you could add yogurt or milk to cereal. You might try eggs or sardines or maybe some leftover meat and cheese on toast. At lunch, it might be having some cheese or some ham, uh, having a sandwich with some tin tuna or sardines, maybe even having a banana smoothie. At dinner, it might be having meat with some vegetables or having some yogurt and custard with fruit for dessert. It's really looking at spreading that protein across your day and making sure you're having a sufficient intake of protein to help maintain those muscles. Now, if you're not sure what a sufficient amount is for you, Again, can be helpful to speak with your doctor, but generally a standard serve of lean meats is considered 500 to 600 kilojoules. So for example, that looks like about a 65 gram cooked lean red meat or two large eggs. That's considered a standard serving size of lean meats or poultry, fish, eggs, anything in that kind of protein category. Another thing that's important to consider as you're aging and that's quite closely linked with your diet is around how much fiber you're having and again, how much water you're having to keep yourself regular. Now, it's not uncommon. What's a better way of saying that? It's quite common for people's bowel movements to slow as they age. And one of the best ways to keep yourself regular is eating plenty of fiber and drinking plenty of fluids. Now, we've already established that we're looking at six to eight cups of fluid a day or more in warmer weather or when exercising. So you want to make sure you're keeping that up and also having lots of high fiber foods. 
Now, if you're not sure what high fiber foods are, fiber is found in plant foods like so vegetables, fruit, whole grain foods, legumes, nuts, and seeds. So there's a, a number of different ways that you can get it, but you're looking at things like uh, whole grain toast, having regular fruit, having different legumes in your diet, lots of serves of vegetables. Really, if you're eating from what we considered before the Australian Dietary Guidelines, you should be getting a fair bit of fiber in there. But if you're having any difficulty with that, again, could be worth speaking to your doctor and they can help recommend a few different things that would be extra helpful for you in that situation. There's certainly lots of particular foods like prunes and pears and pumpkin that are really good for maintaining a regular bowel movement. But there's also different things that you can get like Metamucil and other supplements that can help keep you regular as well. Again, not recommending any of those specifically, but if that's something that you're having difficulty with, speaking to your doctor about that can be a good starting point. Now, I wanted to talk about a few of the challenges that people can face with preparing meals as they age, because there are a number of things that do change within your lifestyle and it can impact what you're eating and what you're consuming every single day. So the first one, I'm at risk of sounding like a broken record, but if you're really not sure where to start or what you should be eating, your best starting point is having a chat to your doctor. They'll be able to provide you with some advice that's appropriate for you, whether that's following the general guidelines, whether there's specific things that you should be following, having a chat with your diet, having a chat with your doctor about what diet you should be eating is a really good starting point. Second to that, Speaking with someone like a dietitian can be really helpful. Now, dietitians specialize in, surprise, diet. They are able to really have a look at your individual health needs and craft a plan around that about what's going to be most important for you within your diet. Now, dietitians can be accessed through things like a home care package. It can be funded through there or you can privately access one. Or you can have a chat with your GP about that and they might be able to refer you to one. But having a chat with a dietitian can be a really good way of getting more specialized advice about what you should be consuming. They can also help refer you to certain recipes, meal plans, meal delivery providers, maybe different cooking groups in your area, all different things related to food and diet that make it easier for you to access the things that are good for you. Now, a regular struggle that I've seen many clients come across is the ability to actually prepare the meals that they want to. Now, this is normally due to two factors. One is being able to get to the shops regularly. So things like transport to the shopping center or having someone come to the shops with you can be a massive thing to help you access the foods that you need. Now, transport and those um, visits to the shops can be accessed through the Commonwealth Home Support Program or a home care package where a worker can come and pick you up from your home, take you to the shops. They can help you grab items off the shelf, get through the checkouts, carry your groceries to the car and help unpack them again at home. It can really help take some of that stress and burden out of shopping while still getting you out of the house and being able to do that with them. So that's something worth looking at. If you're in receipt of any of that government funding, that could be a helpful thing to do so that you're not doing all of that on your own because that can become increasingly challenging. 
Second to that is the actual ability to chop up certain vegetables. I say vegetables. I really have a clear picture in my mind of a client who struggled to chop up pumpkin, but it's not just vegetables. If you have difficulty preparing foods, that can be a barrier to accessing a healthy diet. Now, one thing that I do like to recommend to clients is using the pre-chopped vegetables at your local supermarket. So most of the main supermarkets in Australia, so your Coles and Woolies, I think even now at your Foodlands and Oldies, they have it too. They'll have pre-prepared chopped vegetables. And this is such a wonderful way of being able to still access that wide variety of vegetables that we talked about earlier without the hassle of preparing them all. It means that you can just grab a bag of those. You can chuck them in your oven and roast them and have them with some steak for dinner. You can throw them into a soup with some lentils and leave that on the stove. It just makes it a little bit easier for you to access those things without having to prepare it all yourself. So I encourage you to have a look next time you're at the shops, even if you're not ready to use it now, but just to have an idea of, right, I could get those pre-chopped root vegetables there, or they'll often have corn and beans and zucchini and all kinds of different things there, but worth familiarizing yourself with those because they can be a great go-to if you're struggling to chop those things up yourself. Second to that, you can have someone come into your home and help prepare meals for you. So this would be considered like a meal prep kind of visit. And this can be accessed through either, again, the Commonwealth Home Support Program or your home care package. And someone would come to your home and help you prepare those meals. So it might be that you already have the ingredients and you just need help chopping certain things up or getting certain things on the stove. They can help prepare meals within your home. Lastly, a fairly common option that people start to access is through meal delivery providers. Now, the most common one that comes to mind is something like Meals on Wheels, but there are also plenty of other providers out there, things like Light and Easy. There's often different cultural groups, like say there's an Italian food provider, a Greek food provider. There's a whole lot of different meal delivery providers out there that you can either access meals from just privately paying or there are some situations where that can be partly funded from your home care package. So worth having a chat with your coordinator about accessing that if it's something that might be helpful for you. Alrighty, I think that is all that we're going to cover today in regards to diet. So we're looking at those Australian dietary guidelines. We're getting a wide, diverse range of those five key food groups being your vegetables, grains, fruits, proteins and dairy you are drinking plenty of water i'm sure you already know if you're one of those people that doesn't if you aren't sure what you can always do is maybe fill a jug a one liter jug at the start of the day and pour all your cups of water from that as you go and see how many times you go through a liter jug because hint you should be getting through a couple of them but anyway it can be a good way of tracking how much fluid you're getting We're looking at the importance of protein for maintaining our muscles. We are eating plenty of fiber to keep ourselves regular. And we are looking at how to overcome some of those challenges of accessing good food and being able to prepare healthy meals for yourself. If you would like any further information, I do recommend, as I've said a million times throughout this, chatting to your GP about it. Have a chat with your doctor have a look at what's specifically useful for you. And if you want a referral to a dietitian or you want to go down that path, that can be something worth doing as well. 
I hope you've enjoyed part one of my healthy habits series. There will be plenty more to come in this, but I hope you're all keeping well. I hope you're keeping out of the heat because goodness me, it's hot in Adelaide this week. And I will be back in your ears again soon. Bye.